Today on the Tappy Show, Bud Light last night tweet mostly fails. Libs of TikTok goes viral for sharing statistics on trans shooters. Vivek also goes viral for sharing some interesting news on trans shooters as well. Tucker Carlson on the Ukraine killing a U.S. journalist and getting another $60 billion from the United States. Disney board fight could cost over $70 million and nearly 400,000 refrigerators are being recalled. All of that much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is proudly sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special purpose IT security. Heck, I see their founder released twice today. I gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT or business owner, reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, try and get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of February. So if you could click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Disney board directors fight could cost over $70 million. This as multiple activist investors are trying to, perhaps in a futile attempt, save Disney from their own demise. Now, Disney used to be the perhaps well best known most respected blue chip stock on the planet. One of those things where you knew you weren't going to get rich overnight, but it was a solid investment for decades. They knew over time it'd grow more and more since the average audience for Disney was darn near everyone. But they decided they were going to change their business model and go for more of a niche market, which is an interesting business choice, which has alienated about 50% of their prospective clients. And we've seen that proven out in the sales where their sales are just going down, down, down. Last year, they lost over a little over a billion dollars on films, which, again, is Disney. They used to basically legally print money for most of their existence because so many people loved the great stories they were able to put together, the astonishingly beautiful animations the team was able to put together. But now they decided to insert sexual themes into children's shows, make them political, and pretty much make them distasteful for I would say majority of the U.S. audience, but who knows? Demographics are shifting, preferences are shifting. Maybe this is, <coughs> excuse me, maybe this is all part of their grand plan to become successful in 50 years. I mean, I kind of doubt it, but maybe that's their plan. Now, nevertheless, but Mr. Bob Iger says he's going to turn the company around. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he can do that. Now, this comes to us thanks to Emma Thorne over at LinkedIn. They noted that the battle for Disney's board is shaping up to be, quote, most expensive shareholder fight ever, unquote, potentially topping $70 million, according to the Wall Street Journal. We currently have two separate activist hedge funds, Blackwell's Capital, as well as Nelson Peltz Train Fund Management. They're hoping to clinch spots on the board while shareholders vote on April 3rd. Both have invested heavily in marketing materials and special consultants, hoping to win over some of the millions of individual investors who together control more than a third of Disney stock which is, as noted, a highly unusual situation for a public company. Now, Nelson Putz, you might remember him. He's been pushing this for, I would say, nearly about a year now. You've seen his headlines a couple times. He is, I'd say, best known for getting into companies and turning them around. Perhaps one of the best examples being Dr. Pepper, which had its rough times, but it actually became so popular and so successful they were able to build a business to the point where he was able to exit it, as well as eventually they actually sold to Keurig, and now you have an even bigger, more successful company known as Keurig Dr. Pepper. Now, he has been buying up shares more and more because he wants to get them out of politics. That's his belief. And I think a lot of the shareholders are probably going to side with him, most likely, because again, Disney's bleeding money. 
the only area they're really making a profit are the theme parks, which I'm actually pretty impressed considering they just raise the price time, 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 time again. So it's one of those things where it's almost comically expensive to go to Disneyland or Disney World these days. Truth be told, I was fortunate enough to go once as a child and my family had to work pretty hard to save up for that experience and we were thankful and we were blessed to the point where we actually had a relative working at one of the theme parks to be able to get us some discounts, so that helped out as well. But even back then in the, what was it, around the 2000 era when I went, or 1990s era, even back then it was pretty darn expensive. Now it's almost comical. I mean, they had the Star Wars Hotel that was charging like 10 grand for a two-night stay, which they eventually did shut down. Again, another business blunder from Disney. They built the huge hotel for Star Wars theme, and they're charging people five to $75,000 for like a single closet-sized room, perhaps. But like the grand suite, which they had many of, was $10,000, which, again, that's the price of a pretty darn good used Japanese car that'll last quite some time. Now, Disney claims that, you know, they had some good results last year, but, I mean, the stock is almost nearly, what is it, they know it's actually nearly half its 2021 high under the leadership of Bob Iger. And it'll be interesting to see, can he turn his company around? Bob Iger, when Bob Iger came back, again, long-term, very successful, I was going to say, not entrepreneur, very successful businessman. He had great work at the games. He started at ABC Studios, I believe, sweeping floors and worked himself up to the top of the corporate ladder. And a couple of years ago, he was able to help Disney expand exponentially by buying intellectual properties and companies, including Marvel and Lucasfilms. That was part of Bob Iger's vision to grow the company, and it worked. Now, Catherine Kelly has, you know, since then destroyed those brands to make them comical and mediocre and rudimentary to say the least. But Bob Iger really built up the company well. Then he handed over the reins to his protege, Bob Chapek. Now, Bob Chapek, he made a lot of mistakes, I believe, especially increasing the price of the tickets at the park and taking away a lot of the benefits from season pass holders at the theme parks. So to de actually decentrifies people to actually be, I think they call it season ticket holders, like a sports ball team. So Bob Iger actually came back a couple years ago and he claimed at the time he's going to get the company out of politics, but that didn't happen. Disney also thought it'd be good to go against the state of Florida where Ron Sanchez famously passed a bill, which is pejoratively called the good don't say gay bill. However, those words are actually not in the bill at all. It simply says you're not allowed to talk about sexual themes, orientations in classrooms. And I believe it started, the bill was proposed through kindergarten through sixth grade, and then it was subsequently expanded to 12th grade. Now, before it was expanded to 12th grade, even back then, Disney said, oh no, no, we, we want to have that. We, 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 want, we, we think it's a good idea for teachers to have those abilities, which kind of creepy and unusual to say the least, but Disney decided to quote unquote, go to war with Ron DeSantis, which in Florida, he is exceedingly popular. A lot of people like him. They voted him. I mean, the margin of victory from his first running to second running for governor is astonishingly impressive, a good use case in and of itself. Although a hilarious contrast to his attempt, futile attempt to run for Republican nominee, but for the presidency. But nevertheless, that was another controversy of Disney, which got in the headlines not in a good way. So Disney, they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. Some might argue worse than Ron DeSantis' high heel boots when he was running for office. But I can't help but think more and more the individual investors are going to start siding with Nelson Putz. And again, Nelson is the head of Train Capital or Tryon Capital or Tryon Fund Management, rather. So let me know in the comments if you are an investor of Disney. And again, they're, it's one of those things where they're bleeding money on movies, which if you were to go back to the 90s and tell someone there's going to be a time where Disney is losing money on movies, they laugh at you. 
because it's such a comical, outlandish idea because there are so many hits where they're just knocking it out of the park. Now it's almost a rarity to even see a movie make a profit. I mean, what was it? The Marvels or Captain Marvel? I forget the name of that film. Perhaps another error of their marketing, you can't remember the name of the film. That was the least successful Marvel film ever since Hulk. And Hulk, everyone lambasted that film at the time. Is that Ed Norton who was in that? Some actor or other who turned into a big green giant. Although he didn't have to eat spinach and there's no relevance to the jolly green giant when you see it at the food aisle. But nevertheless, that was at the time everyone hated that movie. It made the worst, like the least amount of money. The Marvels did worse than that. So the Marvels, or sorry, Captain Marvels, whatever you call it, that movie was the worst performing Marvel film. And yet, it's astonishing a lot of these people still have their jobs. And just looking, we'll do a quick look at Disney stock lately. And there's still, I was going to say, another issue is they still haven't broken a profit on the streaming platform, which the streaming wars are becoming ever more competitive with more and more studios and intellectual property holders starting their own streaming platforms. So there's a lot more competition. And again, they've been taking their losses in that is in the billions. Then recently, I think it's 455 million for the last fiscal quarter. So the losses are decreasing, but still at a loss for the streaming platform. Now, in terms of the five-year trend for Disney, it's actually not as bad as one might think. Oh, if you load. It's only down about 2.52%. And recently, the stock has been going up, actually dramatically, as they have been also noted by cutting costs. Let me see here. Let's see here. I think that would be the biggest, which, again... Nelson has been pushing Bob Chape, or sorry, Bob Iger to make cuts to the company. I believe the goal was about $7 billion in cost to be cut from it, which Bob has been doing successfully. So it'll be interesting to see the stock is starting to go back up overall. Is that enough to let investors you know, stay, you know, just kind of stay as is? Or do you think they're going to start pressuring the company to go back in a direction in which they're making materials for the mass market, not just a more of a niche market, where there's a lot less prospective clients. Now let me know in the comments, when was the last time you actually paid to see a Disney film or movie or TV show? And do you think they're moving in the right direction? Or do you think it's still gonna be a rough year for Disney? As always, be fascinated here, what you have to say. <laughs> now going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Bud Light last night tweet is mostly, well, it's mostly as boring as most last night's. Now, this comes up to us thanks to their ex-Twitter profile. And Bud Light, they said, quote, Last night was a movie. And it says, hashtag easy wishes. Let's see if there's some terrible copyright movie. Oh, let's see. I guess they didn't want to pay for the music rights. So there's no music. So it's a compilation. Let's see. One, two, three, four. And I don't know if this is a Bud Light marketing idea or just someone who doesn't know how to do any video editing at all, but they simply, it's a 15 second clip, but it's just one, two, was it one, two, three, but it's just three images in a loop for 15 seconds. So I'm not quite sure what the purpose is in terms of, I guess it gets you to talk about it because there's no music, you think it's broken. Kind of like how sometimes when you see an advertisement and it's a visual or it's a video advertisement, if it's in black and white, it actually gets people's attention because that is so rarely used in modern media. So perhaps that's their idea behind this. 
But it looks like one of the Manning brothers holding a Bud Light, which interestingly enough, the Bud Light bottle is open, so it's insinuating it has been sipped upon. And he's arm wrestling some guy who looks like the Hulk on steroids. His arms are probably bigger than most people's thighs. And then you have the Bud Light Genie, which I think I believe the youth call would refer to this as a douche in terms of the kind of the, almost like a Louis Vuitton tracksuit or something like that. And then you have the gentleman. What is that musician? Oh no, I did. Let me the Google. It looks like the Post Malone guy with the tattoos, who is not sponsored by the U.S. Postal Service. I was that was kind of my first thought when I heard about Post Malone. I thought there was some type of you know partnership there. No, he's not in fact sponsored by them. That I mean seems like that should be you know just right off money or easy money so they should do it. But no. Now in terms of statistics for this video with, of three pictures and they say last night. Last night was a movie. I, seriously, a really boring movie. And again, Manning, I want to say, I mean, he just wears the same lazy sweater. I, interestingly enough, it is more of a greenish tinge, whereas most of the materials historically seem to be blue, which I thought would actually be more on brand for these commercials since it's a Bud Light commercial, but nevertheless, they tend to be arm wrestling. Another picture is some guy, what is this, easy vaping? Vaping... Which I know that's very popular, so interesting they're promoting that. And who the heck is this? Some girl taking a finger to put her lip up so you can see that she spent a copious amount of her income on what are they called? The bling bling teeth. Teeth that have been bedazzled with diamonds and precious metals. And it looks like the Bud Light genie guy in the background is smiling, which movie i can't imagine the long-term cost of ownership or the long-term maintenance of those bedazzled teeth and how inconvenient it really is i mean imagine you're eating something you have a little bit of food that's stuck there you actually actually dismount of diamond and there's five ten twenty grand or how much people are paying for those little pieces of carbon these days that just falls off under your food or, or maybe maybe just disappears altogether it seems highly impractical but that's just me now within 24 hours it looks like it got 10,000 views, I wrote this down earlier this week, and 156 likes, which is, eh, not terrible for Bud Light. I'm actually, this is one of the few ones where they're not just giving stuff, oh wait, they say easy wishes, so they are giving away stuff for free, never mind, that's probably why there's a couple likes, whereas usually there's very, very few. And the first comment comes from Claudia Amory, she says, is it still going, and she did the hashtag easy wishes, and Bud Light said, it sure is. Going to her profile, she's got 355 followers, and she is mentally vacuous. Everything about her is free crap. Anything. Beer, candy bars, what is this? T-shirts. And she reposts everything Budweiser, which I don't know if they're paying her like to be a, a brand ambassador or something, but she's reposting everything. For Bud Light and Budweiser. Like, consistently, that's all she's doing. So I'm scrolling through her timeline. We've got one, two, three, four. It took me like 10 different Budweiser and Bud Light retweets. And then I got to one where she wants to, what is this? You can win a gift card to some type of grocery store. So again, these people are mentally vacuous or just want free stuff. It's also an unauthorized or unverified account. Now, the first, and no one like that. 
Bud Light did respond, so they kind of half-assed their social media team. They did respond to her, so they interacted with this, I'd say, prospective fan or client, but let's be honest, she just wants free crap. Now, Bud Light just said, you know, it sure is, but they didn't like her response. Not granted, neither did I. Hell, no one did. But they did kind of interact with her. Now, the first response from a verified user comes from PB, and PB says, never Bud Light, unquote, and that got seven likes. Now, Catherine is below him. She got no likes, but she did the hashtag easy wishes. So looks like she's a verified account. A lot of easy wishes. A lot of people, a lot of people wanting the free crap, getting zero to one like. Here's another one that got more than one like. Mariana says, quote, a Super Bowl ad with celebrities won't get your customers back. It will take two things. One, take accountability and finally own up for the mistakes of your past. Two, apologize, which you still have never done, unquote. I got seven likes. And again, it's been almost a year since they paid Dill Mulvaney $185,000 for a couple of videos and a couple of pictures of Dill Mulvaney holding the, the iconic Bud Light can. Well, actually, more than iconic can. Dylan's face plastered upon it, celebrating 365 days of womanhood. Which perhaps is the most expensive, most valuable piece of business history, business merchandise or advertising material in history in terms of the impact on the business. I can't think of a bigger business blunder of spending $185,000 and losing hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. It's perhaps the largest negative return on investment in history. I would actually, I actually think that it probably is true. So that can, I mean, I almost feel like Harrison Ford saying it belongs in a museum. Absolutely. And it also should be a big use case of what not to do if you are a brand. Now, going down, you see a couple more people saying hashtag easy wishes. Allegedly, they want to win. Free stuff from Bud Light. Scrolling down. Mustard Green says, quote, the guys ovaries are about to burst on cocaine. Two likes. Let's see. Mark says, quote, still waiting for an apology for getting that man to pose in a bubble bath. Disgusting, unquote. Getting two likes. Which, I was going to say, I believe the youth call that dead name. Not dead naming. What is it? Mince, misgendering. They used to get you banned on the X Twitter. But I suppose Mark didn't actually specify, specifically, technically, that he was refer referring to Dill Mulvaney, which is the whole point of controversy since, again, Dill Mulvaney's average audience age was about 15 years old. So probably doesn't make sense to give this person hundreds of thousands of dollars to advertise alcohol. Now, granted, going down, you see a couple more gifts of Dill Mulvaney. A couple of people saying they like PBR. Larry Bevins simply replied with a poop emoji they got four likes some more there's more like than all the other ones that just want free stuff let's see here mike says quote hey bud light are you deleting all negative comments on this social media platform too your instagram account looks sterile so much for american values such as freedom of speech and expression unquote getting five likes and yeah they were roasted heavily a couple months back for censoring pretty much all the social media platforms including myself now I simply use my individual extra profile to comment on one of the Bud Light posts where they said, said something to the effect of, here's a reminder to buy Bud Light, which no one really needs. Now, I responded by saying, thanks for the reminder to for me to go out and buy Yangling. And I, all I did was post a picture of Yangling in can and bottle form, a couple of cases of those in my pocket, interview podcast table, and they blocked me for that. Really? I, I didn't even say, it didn't even mention the lack of quality or taste of your product. I just said, thanks for reminding me of your competition, which... Interestingly enough, I'm not a beer aficionado. Truth be told, when the occasion calls for it, I might enjoy a good spirit. But 
I actually only know Yangling because of Bud Light. That, and a couple of my, again, if you're a beer aficionado, you might have already heard of them. And I buy them when I have a corporate event. I buy Yangling because they're family owned. And that is exceedingly rare for a company that, they're the oldest brewery in the United States. That's even more rare to have a multi-generational family business still in the family. So those are a couple of reasons why I support the company. And hilariously enough, gotta thank Bud Light for bringing that to my attention. Cold Poker says, quote, you mean a horror movie is a picture of, it's a nice way of saying this, a marital aid or a woman aid. Try to keep this moderately family friendly, but you know what I'm talking about. And they are relabeled Bud Light and it says Bud Light's new rocket ship beers. I'm quoting four likes. Let's see here. Taxpayer13549 says, quote, y'all have spent millions upon millions trying to advertise your customers back you still fail to realize who your customer base is and they won't return until you apologize and ask them back. Donate instead of wasting advertising money. Shit, do I need to run AB? Unquote. That did get five likes. Which, again, is a consistent theme. Every time we seem to be looking at Bud Light or any of the intellectual brands owned by Anheuser-Busch, one of the most biggest feedback you always see is apologize. Own up to what you did. About realistically i don't think they will ever apologize partially because if they were to do that there'd be a massive boycott or backlash from the far left who agreed and supported dill mulvaney at the time when this story first broke they actually started boycotting Anish bush because they, they again this is what they were saying on the far left they were saying that Anish bush didn't stand by dill mulvaney so there was already backlash i forget the there's a holding company in chicago a gay bar holding company where they own four to five gay bars in the chicago and chicago suburbs and they said specifically they're boycotting the brand because they didn't stick with Dill Mulvaney. Now, Bud Light has actually advertised and sponsored gay pride parades for decades. Personally, I don't think that's the point of the controversy in terms of why many people are boycotting them. They've done that for decades again. The biggest difference between all of those decades ago and now was Dill Mulvaney, who again is controversy because, again, the average audience member of Dill Mulvaney is about 15 years old. So you're, you're giving someone money to advertise a product where that person's primary audience is children. And in the United States, it is also a controversy that Dill Mulvaney is a trans activist or a, I forget the terminology, but a male who identifies as a female. And even in the trans community, this person is controversial because they, they, it, Dylan, has never had the surgery that some people say is a requirement to transition. So a person is very controversial in and of itself, even within that community. So. It was a whole controversial nightmare for Bud Light to take on. And they've almost, well, granted, they're not going to run out of business, obviously. They only, they sell 70% of their sales for the Bud Light brand specifically. All the other brands are down marginally. Budweiser's down around 10 to 12% week over week. Michelob Ultra's down 3 to 5%. And all the other brands are more or less the same. And again, Anders, Bush and Bev, the big global company headquartered over in Belgium, they have over 40 beer brands. So again, they're not going away anytime soon, but for that specific brand Bud Light, they had a huge kneecapping to their sales. And it'll be interesting to see what's the long-term ramifications. I mean, will they ever apologize? Probably not. Will the sales ever really come back this year? I mean, they're spending a lot of money on marketing. They're, I mean, they're putting money into things that would be perceived as more conservative. They're putting money into the UFC with, a, with I believe it's a hundred million dollar deal with them. You have them sponsoring the, I would say more politically in the middle, Shane Gillis, stand-up comedian. So, and they're putting a lot of money behind these folks. So it'll be interesting to see, I mean, at what point, if ever, do people forgive Bud Light or is the Bud Light boycott just permanent and 
there's no way they're going to get those old customers back. They're just going to have to try to find a new audience for their product. I mean, let me know in the comments, when was the last time you actually saw someone drink a Bud Light, not ironically, and would you ever buy one yourself? As always, be fascinating here, what you have to say. Now, other interesting cultural news, you have libs of TikTok trans shooter ratio going viral. Now, this comes to us thanks to one of the most popular profiles on X Twitter. And apologies, I do forget her name, the individual behind the account who created it, but she is extremely viral, well known. It's one of the top profiles over, you know, I think it's over 2 million followers on the X Twitter. And earlier this week, she actually released some statistics and it went viral, as youth might say. Now, lives at TikTok specifically says, quote, Colorado Springs shooter, non-binary, Nashville school shooter, trans, Aberdeen school, trans, Denver school shooter, trans, Iowa school shooter, transgender fluid, Lakewood church shooter, trans. The modern LGBTQ plus movement is radicalizing our youth into becoming violent extremists, unquote. And as youth might say, this went viral to say at least. They got 3.4 million views in the first 24 hours, as well as 52,000 likes, which is quite a few likes to say the least. Now, let's see here. Going down to some of the top comments, you have Paul DeZupa says, quote, these facts are convenient, are not convenient for the far left's narratives. They simply ignore them. That's what they do. Radicalizing youth into violent extremists is part of the left's agenda. They want society living in fear so that we're dependent on them, unquote. And that got 355 likes. Mr. Random Libs says, quote, do you realize if Democrats stop shooting people, gun violence would drop by 90%, unquote. I got 934 likes and it's accompanied by a picture compilation of the mass shooters throughout the past probably 15 years. Let's see, and that would actually be a fascinating thing. I don't know how many times people look into like their voting patterns or their voter, if they're registered as a Democrat or a Republican, but I'm actually surprised that's not a use case or that's not like someone hasn't dove in. Cause again, they're, they're telling us, you know, 90%, but and that would be kind of interesting to see the statistical breakdown of all of those top incidents with those folks and where they aligned and maybe there's a pattern. Now, going down, you see Sassafras84 says, quote, the Democrats were there to chop off their genitals. Oh, oh wait. Again, I am by no means a speaking connoisseur. However, I do have a theory. If you click the subscribe button, it may very help, may very well, may help with my speaking ineptitudes. When I first started the show, believe it or not, a lot more speaking ineptitudes, stumbling my words, speaking too fast. Well, granted, problems are still here, of course. But since we've gained more and more subscribers, there's been a modicum of improvement. Not a lot, but I would argue a modicum of improvement. So if you click that button again, I would greatly appreciate it as I attempt to reread this quote. Again, so in Sassafras84, she says, quote, the Democrats would rather chop off their genitals and give them guns rather than give them medicine and seeking mental health. Democrats are the problem in America. Unquote, getting 284 likes. Let's see. Liz Wheeler says, quote, This is exactly what queer theory was intended to do. It's a violent Marxist revolutionary ideology that abuses mentally ill youth into believing they are so oppressed that their only recourse is to kill their oppressors. If that sounds extreme, it's because it is. Unquote, getting 1.3 thousand likes. It's quite many to say the least. Libercrat Media TM says, quote, exactly is a, what is it, the Photoshop of The Simpsons where they have that issue where Lenny is pulling down the number where at a factory it'll say X days without 
violence, and Lenny's about to put a zero, or he's replacing the zero with a one, or vice versa. He's replacing the one with the zero, but they photoshopped the picture, or they photoshopped the billboard. So instead of saying days without, you know, factory viral, uh, factory uh, safety instance, it's day without trans violence. I got 378 likes. Philip Anderson says, quote, Joe Biden supporters are mass shooters, unquote, 166 likes. First words says, quote, has the FBI declared our most serious domestic threat yet? Unquote, gave 192 likes. Actually, no, the U.S. government told us that the biggest threat, or was that directly the Biden administration? They said the biggest threat to our country is white supremacists. That's what we're told. Haven't seen that in the headlines. We haven't seen a lot of those incidents, but that's what we're told. Nick Frieda's says, quote, I can't help but think the push on college campuses to characterize speech as violence was not so much about shutting people up as it was about creating a false moral justification to use physical violence against others in the name of, quote, self-defense. I quote, that got 350 likes. And I can't help but think there probably is a mock, there's probably a little bit of truth in that statement. Because again, it's one of those instances where I can't help but see a big red flag, well, Perhaps not that. Well, that's, well, I'll take the metaphor. When you have students protesting, someone like Ben Shapiro going to a college campus to speak, claiming that he's violent, claiming that Ben Shapiro is a Nazi, who, spoiler alert, he's an Orthodox Jewish man with a very dedicated to his family, yet they all portrayed him as evil. They wouldn't, The students would protest, and they, they would actually try to stop him from speaking, in some cases getting violent. I, I can't help but think this last quote, or last comment might have a little more truth than we'd like to admit. Let's see here. So Merrick Garland press office parody account says, quote, looks like it's time to update the list again. And it says COS shooter identified as non-binary, Denver shooter identified as trans, Aberdeen shooter, Nashville shooter. Let's see here. Philly shooter identified as cross duster, and then Perry shooter identified as TBA. That got 240 likes. Here we go. Got some contrarian statements or getting a little bit more diversity in the comments here. Just, just Huggy says, quote, Allen, Texas, 2023, white supremacist. 2022, Colorado Springs, white supremacist. 2022, Buffalo, Buffalo, white supremacist. This guy didn't go in ge or chronological order. That's a little pet peeve of mine. But nevertheless, 2023, Jackson... Jacksonville, white supremacist. 2018, Parkland shooter, white male. 2017, Las Vegas, white male. Which again, it's interesting he's pulling race. Oh, I guess we didn't, should be too surprised that he is pulling race into this issue. But again, that's not the main topic that everyone's going about. And he goes on for 10 to 15 more talking about the race of the people who are committing the crimes. Which again, I'll... Personally, I think it has anything to do with race. It's all about culture, mental health. But that did get 576 likes, so a lot of people did agree with that specific response. Now, going down to a couple more, Tony Kinnett says, quote, Oh, look, it's the consequence of telling an entire gener generation that LGBTQ plus people are facing genocide by, quote, white Christian nationalists, unquote. They got 643 likes. Let's see here. A lot of people reposting the picture of the shooters with their orientation. 
see do okay more comments here Planet of Memes says, quote, yet you will be the blame as being an extremist for simply exposing them, unquote, gaining 88 likes, which another concerning thing is, another thing we see trending is a term called stochastic terrorism, which is basically saying words as violence. Now, the doppelganger says, quote, sounds like we have a mental illness, illness crisis and not a gun problem, unquote, gaining 112 likes, which, again, my three cents, used to be two cents, but 40-year hyperinflation, gotta be three cents. My two cents is, yes, it's all around mental health and getting people the help they need and give them the tools they need to succeed. I don't think it's I don't think it's a coincidence that so many of these people have broken homes, they have a lot of issues with the families, lack of friends. I mean, it's one of those things where you can blame an inanimate object all you want, but at the end of the day it's just an inanimate object. It's the the, the evil will find a way. And to me, it's all about, you know, how do we help the people? Because some people think you could debate are truly evil. They can't be helped. But I think a lot of people, miss cliches that might sound, just need an extra friend in their life or a little extra help from the family. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, at the end of the day, also another detriment to politics, just, you know, giving people extra resources or talking about self-responsibility or community responsibility or culture responsibility or, you know, having communities or religious affiliations come together to help each other out, to give everyone support. And you know, work together so there's not so many issues, and you don't have individuals feeling angry, out, being alienated, outlined, being being turned into an outlier. That's not an easy way to win votes. You usually have to demonize the other side, turn into an attack on an inanimate objects, saying guns are evil. Unfortunately, politics seems to be a lot about virtue signaling, left and right, as opposed to just actually you know taking on things and talking about you know what can realistically be done and what's the best, most effective way. To solve the problem. So it'll be interesting to see. Let's see here. What the what the result is at the end of the day. In terms of. You know. How does this issue long term get solved. And. You know. Statistically. Is it more likely to be. Someone of violence. I mean. Whether. Is it even possible to have an unbiased. Conversation around this, or is there a way to have the data be? No, no. I guess if you were to take the statistical data, have the definitions to properly defined. But again, so many Americans are also so viscerally, emotionally driven. Could you have a really conductive or constructive conversation? Is not that's another controversy in and of itself. But let me in the comments what your thoughts are on this data, and what do you think will be the long-term outcome? As always, be fascinating here. What you have to say. Uh, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Tucker Carlson on Ukraine killing journalists and get, about to getting another $60 billion from the United States. $60 billion. Although we can't really, we, you know, there's a myriad of issues in the United States. I can't help but see this budget. The bill has $20 billion going to the U.S. Board of Protection, which is not building a wall or anything. It seems to be mostly administrative support, so hiring more people to help process people coming here illegally. But that's $20 billion for U.S. And then you have $60 billion going to Ukraine. And I believe they got about $200 billion between not just cash, but also arms and armaments, healthcare materials. They are... U.S. is investing heavily into that country. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the outcome is. Now, Tucker says, quote, and I'll probably play the first minute or two of the video. It's obviously a lot longer. 
Now he says, quote, episode 74, the Ukrainian government ca canceled elections and killed an American journalist. Congress is about to send them another $60 billion. J.D. Vance is trying to stop it. So it looks like there is still one or two people in D.C. who actually is aware of perhaps the modicum of fiscal responsibility or, you know, support putting America on the somewhere on the list of priorities where it seems to be left off more often than not. So we'll go ahead and play this short, eh, play a mi first minute or two. It became very clear to anyone paying attention several months ago that Ukraine cannot win its war against Russia. The Ukrainian military will not be able, even with Western backing, hundreds of billions of dollars of it, to expel the Russian military from parts of eastern Ukraine. Ukraine doesn't have the industrial capacity, neither does NATO or the United States, and it doesn't have the people. Russia has 100 million more in population than Ukraine does. And that means that further support from the West for the Ukrainian military only means more dead Ukrainians in a further degraded Western economy in the US and in Germany particularly. So it's not simply a fool's errand, it's self-destruction. It's insane, it's cruel, it's abetting the killing of an entire generation of Ukrainians. This is very obvious, no honest person at this point will deny it. And yet somehow the United States Senate, which is always several years behind reality in its perception, just a few weeks ago, decided to send another $60 billion to the Ukrainian government, which is both corrupt and authoritarian. They've canceled elections, they banned an entire Christian denomination, and then they killed an American journalist for noting any of this. And yet, the United States Senate proposed under Mitch McConnell a plan to send another $60 billion to Ukraine. Well, imagine the surprise of all rational people around the world to wake up this morning and discover this could actually happen. And so with that in mind, we thought it'd be worth talking to one of the very few Republican senators who's bothered to make the counter case. And that would be J.D. Vance of Ohio, who joins us now from the United States. Senator, thanks so much for coming on. If you wouldn't mind telling us where this legislation is right now, what you expect to happen, and what you think should happen. Yeah, Tucker, so there are two big things that will happen here. So tonight we will clear a major procedural vote, or we won't. So this is really the best opportunity tonight to kill this legislation. Encourage everybody to do everything that they can, contact everyone they can to ensure that we actually do kill the legislation. It is very close. Uh, the Democrats have banded together with 17 Republicans. We only need eight of those Republicans to flip their vote to kill this thing. And I think that we'll get at least one uh, who will in fact flip their vote. So that, that, that's where it sits in the Senate. The second thing, and frankly, the best opportunity we have to kill this is in the House. Uh, and that's part of what I'm trying to do is notify people about how bad this legislation is so that after it clears the Senate, if it does, then it goes to the House and the House has a real opportunity to at least make it better, uh, but hopefully kill it. And I, I want to say just, just a couple of things here, Tucker, that are extremely important to know about this legislation. Number one is that it sends $61 billion to Ukraine to fund, as you said, a hopeless war in Eastern Europe that will decimate the Ukrainian population even more than it's already been decimated. So it's a terrible, terrible piece of legislation on the policy. The second thing I want to say, Tucker, though, is that it doesn't just fund Ukraine in 2024. And this is the most important point. It actually funds Ukraine in 25 and 26. Now, what's the problem with that? Say, for example, that we have a new president in 2025. That president would be handcuffed by the promises that we are making in law to Ukraine today. If you go back to, to 2019, Tucker, to try to give you a sense of why this matters. In 2019, the U.S. House impeached 
then-President Donald Trump on the theory that they had appropriated money to Ukraine and Donald Trump refused to send it to Ukraine. So if Trump is elected president again and become president on January of 2025, he will conduct diplomacy. And if that diplomacy does not include sending additional billions to Ukraine, there is a theoretical argument, a predicate, if you will, for impeaching Donald Trump because they have tried to tie his hands. And the final point I'll make on this, Tucker, is that the Washington Post has already has already said, based on leaks from inside the intel community, the purpose of this legislation is to tie a future President Trump's hands. We're not just sending billions to Ukraine in 2024. We're trying to make it impossible for the next president to conduct diplomacy on his terms. It's anti-democratic, and it will lead to endless war in the, all over the world. Wow. So they're being funded for multiple years and being locked in almost like a three-year contract. It's almost like a phone contract back in the day where you're locked in for you know, 12, 24, 36 months. And as youth might say, this went viral to say the least. Earlier this week, within 44 hours, it got 19.2 million views and 122,000 likes, which is quite a few to say the least. And again, I can't help but think, that's a astronomical amount of capital being quote unquote invested in that country. But perhaps I'm alone in this assessment. Maybe maybe every American truly believes it's in our best national interest and it's the it's that's a great way great way to go send money over there. I mean I kinda of doubt that, but let's go in the comments and find out. Well the first one is comes from again <coughs> excuse me, Paul Zuppa. He says quote Ukraine is not a democracy, yet Democrat politicians continue to say it's a democracy. Why? Because they're liars. The truth is often simple. Democrat politicians lie in order to promote war and profit off it. Unquote, getting 2.2 thousand likes. Luke Zelensky, our favorite leftist, well, not really favorite, I do follow him on the X Twitter, partially to get, ensure we get more diversity of thought and get some extra opinions that we might not normally see at the top of the results on X Twitter, since there's already going to be inherited confirmation bias or a little bit of bias of people who already talk, follow Tucker Carlson, probably more likely to agree with him, as most people would if you're following someone on the left, more often than not, the audience, that's going to be. So, nevertheless, Luke says, quote, oh, geez, Louise, he, he almost wrote a book. Now, that being said, some people did like it, so I will attempt to read it. Grammar be damned if he does have some grammar issues. So, Luke Zelisi says, quote, the world's largest, longest, largest continual propaganda dump and disinformation campaign continues as we, and enters as a new phase for 2024, in which the biggest brainwashing machine in human history will decimate millions of hours of microclips of counter-truth to convince you a pandemic was an op by a secret conspiracy of people who rule the world and are just trying to make it look like Vladimir Putin attacked Ukraine and Trump had the election stolen from him and was justified in attacking the capital and insider insurrection which didn't, didn't happen unless Nancy and the FBI did it, but also the attackers are heroes who should be pardoned. And the one solution is to install Trump again, a failure as a president who presided over the greatest national security disaster in U.S. history after taking power with Putin's help because Putin said so to the guy who was even too toxic for Fox and cost the network a quarter of a billion dollars for lying about the election Trump lost, which, of course... Just a giant, giant pandemic plot against him to force Putin to murder his European neighbors because Joe made him do it, unquote. Now, mentally vacuous to say the least, and 
almost a abomination against the idea of grammar in and of itself. A lot of those are run-on sentences. And of course, he didn't even end the tweet with a period, as you should. Let's just say I don't think Luke is the kind of guy who suits up, as all men obviously should by default. And there's so many inaccuracies in there. But now that being said, 199 people did like this. So he was not alone in that specific assessment. Let me see here. Trying to break down what he just said. Brainwashing machine. And again, Trump only won by less than, I thought it was less than 100,000 votes. It was a really close race in 2016. I think a lot of people will also attribute it to Hillary Clinton just not being a popular or not really a candidate that can get votes. Really not that attractive in terms of her policies or in general. Now, I should say for the record, I appreciate life and want to live it to the fullest for the record. Just want to put that out there. And uh, I'm sure Hillary Clinton is a very honest, good person. Anyway, now going back to other comments, scrolling down, we see Dave Benner. And he says, quote, the establishment says the notion that Putin invaded Ukraine over NATO expansion is merely a conspiracy theory, but it's exactly what NATO, NATO's own general secretary admitted, unquote. It looks like there's a couple of minutes interview with the general secretary that got 1.9 thousand likes. Libercrat Media TM says, quote, no truer words have been said, and is a character the juxtaposition of two pictures from Jim from the office, where he's pointing at the whiteboard, and the whiteboard says, quote, everything horrible that they said would happen to you under Orange Man actually happened under Pedo Man. Okay, 1.8 thousand likes, which is quite a few to say the least. Let's see. Big Fish says, quote, we need more JDs in the Senate and less Mitts and Mitches stabbing us in the back. And quote, getting 1.4 thousand likes, and... Truth be told, I have no idea how Mitch McConnell still has a job when, again, he seems to have dementia. He's many times in the camera, he just, just brain just shuts off. Now, again, some people get nervous. I mean, truth be told, you watch my show, I misspeak many times. But there is a notable difference between someone who's having a mental decline. And again, we seem to, see, we seem to be observing that more and more in politics. And it's not just the left, it's also the right. Mitch McConnell... Well, allegedly is Republican, I would argue. You know, where is he his allegiance truly sometimes when you see how he casts his vote and what his actions are? But nevertheless, he claims to be Republican. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long does he stick, how long does he have that job still? Scrolling down here, Marjorie Taylor Greene press release parody account says, quote, I would trust Putin before I trust the Ukrainian government. I got 3.4 thousand likes. Dave Benner also says, all aid to Ukraine must be terminated. NATO expansion is killing us. They're getting 997 likes. Now, interesting enough, the U.S. pays more into NATO than any other country. So they're paying a lot of money into it. We are. Well, I say they. Our tax dollars are going to that. And the, really, the big question is, what do we get from that investment? An interesting question. Now, let's see here. Eddie says, money, money laundering 101 is a picture of... It's a picture of the Ukrainian dictator or president, Zelensky, shaking Biden's hand. And perhaps one of the biggest insults, Zelensky didn't even suit up, as all men should. We're giving them billions of dollars, and he's wearing the same lazy sweater where he pretends like he's in combat. And, and in, one, in one of these pictures, he's wearing a t-shirt. Again, I might be called, some people might call me an old soul for thinking all men should always suit up and men always look best in a suit. We have to, if you're giving someone billions, hundreds of billions of dollars, 
isn't that worth suiting up, maybe taking a shower? I, that's astonishing, ridiculous. And that did get 997 likes. Let's see here. And the consequences of the- Well, let's see. Tara Bull says, quote, Ukraine is a money laundering scheme. They got 4.1 thousand likes. Let's see. Orion says, quote, this is how you lose purchasing power by creating inflation. Printing new money into, ex into existence and sending it overseas definitely doesn't help any. Foreign aid is money laundering by proxy, unquote. And geez louise, it shows U.S. foreign assistance and say, little graph of the whole world, or I guess not a graph, say a picture of the whole world and you see where all the money is going. And you see all the bills racking up exponentially and is quite a bit, to say the least. Now that did get 115 likes. A couple of people saying, you know, no more, no more. Stop it. Game between 300 and 500 likes. Let's see here. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, anecdotally speaking, I still see a lot of people on LinkedIn and Facebook where they do have the Ukrainian flag on their profile. Kind of hilarious because those same people never had an American flag on their profile. But there are a lot of people in the United States who still believe it's in the United States' best interest to keep funding it. So there's still some public support. I mean... Perhaps it's a confirmation bias for the the information that I'm seeing more and more is that there is more people wanting to decrease or cut off that support. But it'll be interesting to see if folks in D.C. really care about the public opinion. And do we get to that tipping point where a majority of Americans say, stop sending them money or you know, enough is enough. It's not in our best interest. You know, what are we getting out of this? And I do think Tucker is having a positive impact on that particular viewpoint especially when he interviewed Putin. So let me in the comments, do you think we've sent them enough? Again, it's about $200 billion now between cash and fiscal resources over the past couple of years with zero accountability and money disappearing left and right. But let me know, do you think we should increase the investment, decrease the investment, or stop altogether? As always, be fascinating here, what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek on a trans shooter going viral on ex-Twitter. Now, this is thanks to Vivek's personal ex-Twitter profile. He is actually responding to an original post by Benny Johnson. Benny Johnson says, quote, The Lakewood church shooter identified as trans, the Iowa high school shooter identified as a radical rainbow activist, the Nashville shooter identified as a trans, the Colorado Springs shooter identified as non-binary, the Denver shooter identified as trans, the Aberdeen shooter identified as trans, one thing is very clear, the modern LGBTQIA plus movement is radicalizing activists into terrorists and it's only getting worse, unquote. So that was the original post by Benny Johnson. That got 2.9 million views and Vivek responded. Now Vivek's response was, quote, trans is a mental health disorder and it's, it's a lie to dismiss this spat of tragedies as a mere coincidence, unquote. And Vivek got 1.2 million views in the first 24 hours of posting as well as 39,000 likes. And it'll be interesting to see perhaps one of the most polarizing or hot topics or greatest debates that we've been having is more and more people are starting to point out these instances where the shooters are identifying as certain sexual orientations. And is this fascinating to see some of these instances by the mass media, look at the stories will just get buried or not covered. And depending, I mean, if it's a Christian guy, they'll be on the page for weeks and they'll talk about in nauseam. Perhaps the greatest evidence of a cover-up or refusing to release data to the public would be the Nashville shooter where the manifesto was only released thanks to the investigative reporting at Louder Crowder. 
and there's rumors maybe someone on the police team, but someone in Nashville was able to get that information, the manifesto, to the Crowder team, and they were able to re release most majority of the manifesto, which is how we know how this person identified, how much hate they had in their heart for other people. And can't but see the contrast when you have like a, a cliche when there's a, a white guy and there's one of these shooting incidents. Within like two hours, you know his favorite Pepsi or, or you know if he prefers Pepsi or Coke because they'll go into all the social media, they'll release all that data. And yet in these other instances, they're stopping the data from being released, they're bearing the stories. So let's sit in the comments and see what folks are thinking. Let's see here. Right Angle News Network, which A plus for marketing. I mean, their picture quite literally is in fact of the mathematical right angle and the logo is right in it. Now they say, quote, it needs to stop being affirmed and every single doctor and every single leader and official who signed off on these experiments being allowed to be pushed onto our kids should be thrown in jail for the rest of their lives. What we have done is allowed, allowed evil. I'm quoting 69 likes. The Washington Times, oh, that's an ad. Which, again, I thought I'm paying for the premium where I guess I have the verified profile for the topping show on X Twitter. I guess I need the Dex Y Banana Falcon Super Premium where you don't see any ads at all. Marjorie Taylor Greene, press release parody account, says, quote, watch out Vivek, they might label you as dot dot dot. Then go F themselves, these people need to know the truth. I'm quoting 88 likes. Let's see here. Patriot Press says, quote, becoming trans is thought is thought to be a fix-all solution for these people struggling with mental health. It's not. These pro these are the products of Big Pharma's trans scam, unquote. Getting 19 likes. Let's see here. Landon Best says, quote, stop using anecdotal evidence to score political points, unquote. And he included a, what is it, infographic? And they say mass shooters by gender status, 2018-2023. And they claim there's 2,826 2, done by straight people and three by trans. But, I mean, in the original post, it just listed more than three. And also, one of the dishonest things when it comes to a lot of these issues, when it comes to debates around such things as mass shootings and Second Amendment, is how do you define a mass shooting? Now, that's going to tell you a lot about the sample size and the data. In some of those cases, it's two, which... Again, a bad shooting where an innocent person's life is taken, one is too many, I understand that, you never want that to happen. Personally, I don't think the solution is to disarm the law-abiding citizenship. That's actually one of the worst things in history happen. Now, in some of those cases, they also include gang violence, which ironically are controlled by people who want to have the mask uncontrolled laws. Now, if you have gang violence, where again, if you were to get rid of the six most violent cities in the US, the gun violence globally, in terms of statistics, where the U.S. lines up, drops to basically the bottom to nothing. Now, I suspect that 2,826 incidents on this specific, let me see here, infographic or this chart, I suspect that a lot of them includes that, which, again, gang, gang violence is an issue, but I don't, again, that's not the topic, uh, the point of contention in the debate. So bring in some data. Now, that being said, 77 people did agree with that specific comment. So interestingly enough, we are seeing some contrarian statements seep in. Merrick Garland press release says, quote, time to have a discussion. And it's the Simpsons meme of, you know, the principal saying, it can't be me, it's supposed to be the kids. And I got 48 likes. Let's see here. Trump.ai says, quote, trans terrorists, call it, what, call it what it is, MSM, getting 12 likes. 
James Jeanette says, quote, you could not be more correct, getting 15 likes. Let's see here. A lot of Simpsons, a lot of funny Simpsons memes. Let's see here. Now, interestingly enough, as I scroll through these more and more, there's a lot less likes on the actual comments. Now, I don't know, perhaps that is because this is a very polarizing, controversial topic, but usually when we're looking at Vivek's feedback, I mean, usually it is over, I'd say 60 to 80% overwhelmingly supportive of his original statement. But also when it comes to the likes of the comments, they're usually in the thousands. Now, again, a lot of these that we're showing you, and again, I'm just, I went top to bottom, including some folks that I follow. So even though they didn't get the top number of likes, it's contrarian statements and different opinions I think make the show a little more interesting. Now. I mean, these are getting between 60 and 100 likes. I mean, there's an advertisement from the Washington Times that got 693 likes. So that got more likes than the actual statement from Vivek. So I'll be interested to see. This is perhaps one of the most polarizing topics in the United States these days. And it'll be interesting to see what's the long-term solution, what's the conversation around this. And I mean, it is cliche to say mental health. What I really think we do need is community religious help. Because I personally think that's when you have the best results, whether someone is, you know, they don't have a job or they're struggling with their, it, working together as a community, my my methodology or my thought is it's much more effective than having the government assist, which if you look at the data on how many people get on government programs and stay on government programs, I would argue that that methodology is not working. So you need to try something different, increase other methods that could help them. And again, I think that people still need help. So it'll be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments. What do you think will happen with the story? Do you think, again, this is a really hot topic this week, but will it be gone by next week? Will, it, will this become a political topic when you have, in theory, there's supposed to be presidential debates this year? As always, be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have nearly 400,000 refrigerators being recalled. Now, this comes to us thanks to MLive.com, which... Interesting website. They appear to be based in the state of Michigan, which makes a little bit more sense. Now, this is coming to us thanks uh, to a reporter by the name of Justine Lofton. And they note that nearly 400,000 refrigerators are being recalled due to a possible choking hazard related risk because of a plastic component of the ice bucket that can break. Now, the recalled fridge air refrigerators contain an ice, quote, an ice bucket assembly component that can break, resulting in plastic pieces entering the glass ice bucket, posing choking and laceration hazards to consumers if the pieces are dispensed out of the ice bucket, unquote. Which, again, call me old soul, but I kind of miss the days when everything was made of metal. They were as durable as an old car. Perhaps I'm just a little bent out of shape because I remember watching that 70s show as a child, and they could easily sit on the hood of the car and nothing happened. That thing was like a tank. And I may or may not have sat on the hood of a 2001 Honda Accord that the family owns, and cause a nice dent on the hood. Because again, modern stuff, the metal is a lot thinner, and a lot of stuff we have around us is up just plastic. Which is partially also why I make my own furniture. 150-year-old antique barnwood, a little bit of epoxy, made in America. Saying, well, kind of dark to think about, but this thing will outlast me, as long as someone doesn't throw it into the, into the trash. Although even then, I would argue it's so durable, it would survive a dump. But nevertheless, now, yeah, they note that Unfortunately, they were they did not get ahead of this recall. So, I mean, I, the perfect situation when it comes to any product recall is you want to get ahead of the issue before it's reported. 
not just not just for you know morally doing the right thing to protect people but also for brand recognition and preserving the brand now in this case that didn't happen unfortunately now they note that there have been 343 reports of plastic pieces breaking off including two incidents resulting in laceration and ingestion injuries where the pieces were dispensed out of the recalled ice bucket which is even worse now they say the problem can be fixed with the replacement component provided free of charge the recalled refrigerator brand side-by-side -side refrigerators with the slim ice buckets were sold for 1400 to 2400 at Lowe's and Home Depot, as well as Refrigerator.com, and some national resellers between November 2015 and September 2019. And geez louise, these model numbers are as boring as all can be. I don't know who's in the marketing department, but in case you are affected and you are interested, I'll read them for you. Now, the model numbers include D. GHK2355TF. The other one is uh, DH, or sorry, DGHX2655TF. Another one being recalled is FFSC232TS. Another one being recalled is FGSC2335TD. Another one being recalled is FGSC233. 5TF. Another one being recalled is FGSS2635TD. Another one being recalled FGSS2635TE. Another one being recalled FGSS2635TF. Another one being recalled FGSS2635TP. Another one being recalled is FPSC2277RF. Another one being recalled is FPSC2278UF. And yet another one being recalled, FPSS2677RF. Yet another one being recalled, LFSC2324VF. 1V, I misspoke there. VF. Followed by LGHK2336TD. Followed by LGHK2336TF. Followed by LGHX2636TD. And lastly, LGHX2636TF. Jeez Louise, those are the most boring model names on the planet. And I thought BMW was bad having their series where, again, they have car names, but they have a number of car names. Now, they note that the model and serial numbers are printed on the serial plate located inside the refrigerator compartment. The recall affects 383,240 units sold in the United States and 5,785 units that were sold in Canada. Now, they're saying consumers should immediately stop using the ice makers and contact Electrolux Group to request a replacement ice bucket assembly component free of charge. Now, they also know you can contact them at a toll-free number call, and that is going to be 888-377-7563. Again, that number, if you want to see if your unit is being recalled, is 888-377-7563. And they know they're open from 8.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Or you can email them Ice bucket recall at electrolux.com, spelled E L E C T R O L U X.com. Or, oh my gosh, they bought this domain. This is hilarious. Or you can go to www.icebucketrecall.com or frigidaire.com and click on the recall information. So that is that is kind of hilarious business brilliance. I'm actually surprised they were able, they were able to buy that domain. It perhaps was a domain that was just so long and unusual that no one had bought it yet, so they were able to get it at a discount. But nevertheless, 
have a recall of something where, again, appliances, the older you get, the more you start to realize, dear God, they cost that much? No wonder my parents never want to replace them. This is one of the more expensive things that you have to buy, and when things are wrong, it could be detrimental. Thankfully, this is not a mechanical major component of the product, so you could still technically use it as a fridge, just don't want to use the ice, but it's almost, in a way, worse because, again, it's being health-related, and unfortunately, a couple of people have reported injuries. Now, thankfully, no one has passed away from the specific recall, but still, having an issue where lacerations and plastic pieces are breaking off that, those refrigerators, that's, that's got to be the business blunder of the day. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. Again, I'm trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of February, so click that button. I greatly appreciate it. Also, sharing the video is a great way to help us build the audience and giving a like or thumbs up or thumbs down or comment. Great way to give me some additional feedback. Also, lastly, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.